My name is Angela. My name is Nicole. And welcome to the Ominous Stitch Podcast. Stitchers. Welcome back. Welcome back to another awesome, amazing, amazing. Take a Stitch episode of the Omni Stitch podcast with your host, Angela Nicole. Hey. <laughs> it felt, I just felt like very broadcasty there for well, a second. you had to, right? That's I love it. You're cute. Oh, yay. It's fall. It's finally feeling like fall here in California. Sort of, yeah. And I'm so excited. We have some some very fall inspired things coming your way for our crochet time for our stitch time today i'm really excited about this blanket and this pattern okay and so i'll be excited to talk about that when we get stitching and then what do we have coming up for story time today today's story time so we want to continue the haunted bars and restaurants yeah yo so but we're going to the west of the mississippi the west of the mississippi so yeah yeah so we're gonna try to cram as many as i can but we'll see how we go okay speed run we'll speed run all the bars (laughs) that'll be fun we will be so drunk by the end of that there you go (laughs) pub crawl all over the west (laughs) oh my gosh oh so i have two things that have me in stitches this week nicole you go you get it okay so the first one we had a true crime happen here at the farm oh no yeah a true crime it happened on monday okay so on Monday, it was a dark and stormy. Day it was a night. dark and stormy day. <laughs> no, it was a normal Monday. Okay. Um, you know, the kids were out playing. We were doing stuff here and doing chores around the farm. And I was getting ready for a voice lesson because okay. I had was teaching on Monday. My voice lesson happened to show up about twenty minutes early. So, <laughs> which is that's really, really early. early for a half hour lesson. Yeah. But you know, it, it was fine. Just a prep. I, I didn't okay. have anybody ahead of him, and and I was okay. That was fine. Yeah. Okay. So I let him come in, but I think that's what threw us off the rhythm. And that might be the window when this crime occurred. No. So I totally feel like it's my fault. No. I blame myself for this. But anyway, so he comes in, we do the lesson, he leaves. And mm-hmm. then I was like, okay, kids, it's time to go out and do chicken chores, which means that at five o'clock mm-hmm. is usually when we put the chickens to bed. Aww. But because my lesson was early, we put them to bed later Uh oh. because I was off my game. Sure. Does that make sense? Messed everything up. Messed everything up. So... Uh, the kids went out to go put the chickens to bed and then my youngest comes running back to the house screaming her oh, head off no but she goes mom there's a hawk in with the baby oh no yeah it got in it got in Hell, though isn't it all fenced in and well everything? it is all fenced in but there was a small crack we had some wood mm-hmm. that um i think maybe the wind or something kind of blew it down Uh-oh. and so it found this crack to no. get in and we we plugged that hole up good so hopefully the hawk doesn't get back in but smart yeah it smart found birds. it found a way in and oh, it got no. one of the babies was it eating it there well it the crime was already committed so oh. we had like a you know a bunch of feathers oh. and i don't want to get yeah, graphic that's all but, good you it's know, all good i get it i can see it there were there was a corpse yeah 
and my youngest found it and she was a wreck my poor girl she was, was the hawk mess. still in there when you guys the came hawk in? was still <gasps> in there. how did you get it out so we have these um snake sticks Ooh. <laughs> so and we had one in there with the chickens okay. so that we could kind in of case that happens yeah so we could well it, we were using it to kind of shoo them back into oh. if they go underneath their coop okay we kind of sweep underneath the coop to Got try it. to shoo them inside the coop sure. at night and so I grabbed the hawk stick or the hawk stick. I, <laughs> it was a hawk stick. It at was that a time. hawk stick. I grabbed the snake stick uh -huh. and I started banging it to to scare the hawk. I yeah. broke the stick. <gasps> and so it's like angry, a metal Mama. stick. Oh my gosh. I was protecting because there were still two babies yeah. that hadn't been wrangled into oh the no. coop. And the hawk was trying to get to where the babies were and yeah. they were kind of pinned in this <gasps> corner. And so I was banging the the stick uh -huh. to get the hawk to get out. Yeah. And, the, and the other kids chased the hawk oh, out of the coop. Wow. So we got him out of the coop. We were able to rescue the other babies. Good. We lost one. Well, we one named her ten. Popcorn. So oh. R.I.P. Popcorn. <laughs> They're just so delicious. <laughs> I know. Popcorn chicken. Ayo. So R.I.P. Popcorn. Oh. And so we have nine babies instead of 10 now. Well, Thanks to Mr. Hawk. But you know, farm life. Farm life. That, that, it's it going to happen. I thought it was going to be a fox or a wolf or, you know, like a, a hawk. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy how it got Because they're still like small enough yeah. that a hawk would attack them. The sure. hawk won't attack the mature ones. I've actually seen a hawk hang out with the bigger girls. Wow. And that freaked me out. But they were just, just like chilling. Yeah. They were like, whatever. Like, What's up? Yeah. It was weird. <laughs> How's the farm? Yeah. Hey, I'm going to go <laughs> eat one of your babies now. <laughs> I know. Oh, I'm sorry. So that was really sad. That, is that sad. was our true crime. Oh. And I was supposed to make chicken for dinner that night. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's not oh, going to happen. Oh, rough. And so I looked at my youngest. And I was like, what can I get you for dinner? And she's like, can we have pizza? I knew it. I was going to say pizza. Pizza. That's yeah. So we ran out and got pizza. That's and good. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. Oh, poor popcorn. It's part of farm life. RIP popcorn. You, we love popcorn you. Popcorn was sacrificed so that maybe the hawk, you know, now you know your pen's going to be like super secure, right? Oh, yeah. See? We're we're going to even work on it some more this weekend when Good. we have more time um, Good. To, to really make sure everything is like short in. Proof. Yeah. Full proof. Yeah, because okay. we're like, that hawk will come back. Yeah, so I keep it knows. A, yeah, I keep a close eye on the babies. Oh, poor babies. I know. But that's okay. Hey, one out of 10. One out of 10. That's We're that's still, so we're still okay. doing 90%. It could have been worse. We're doing good. Yeah, it could have been worse. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And we didn't lose the hawk to user error. We lost, or lost, you lose the hawk, lose the baby chicken yeah. to user error. Right, we lost right. it to nature. Yeah. Yeah, which, he had to he had to eat yeah right? it kind of so. made us feel a little better i guess i don't know yeah. hawks but, are good in general yeah they're really cool it's like just get the squirrels next time hawk yeah have you have plenty so many. of those there's so, so sneaky many squirrels. squirrels so many squirrels so that was the first thing that has me in stitches uh-huh now the other thing that has me in stitches this week yesterday was crazy windy here Oh, no. And I'm an air sign, right? right? I'm a Libra. We've talked about this, how I'm an air sign. Uh -huh. Anytime it gets really windy, I lose my my brain. It oh, just no. like stops functioning. And oh. my whole day just goes all kinds of wonky crazy. So I'm just going to give you. Storm it is. Okay. It is. So I'm going to give you some highlights of what I did yesterday. <laughs> okay. So I was running late to get the kids to school. Mm -hmm. And I almost went in my pajamas to oh. take the kids to school. And I was like, oh, no, hey, can't do this. PJs are okay, though. <laughs> well, they were having PJ day. So I was like, oh, oh then you I'll just match my PJs, the theme, right? Yeah. But I ran back in, changed. Oh, and Okay. Like, 
like I didn't have a bra on. I'm like, oh, that's indecent. Yeah, I, I should probably put a bra on when I take my kids to school. <laughs> I don't. Uh, hey, no judging, but and it's awesome to not have to wear your bra all the time. But yeah, I couldn't do it. <laughs> it doesn't feel good, <laughs> right? It just feels yeah, yeah not not, should, not comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm a mom. I should, you know. Yeah. So anyway, so I ran back in, got dressed and took the kids to school. And we, I always park on one of the neighborhood streets and then walk them onto their campus. Okay. So I parked and walked them on the campus. And when I get back to the car, I'm looking for my keys to unlock the door. Mm-hmm. And then I look inside the car. My keys are in the car <gasps> no. in the cup holder and all the doors are locked. I'm like, how am I going to get my keys? Wait, how did you lock your car with your keys? push the button and it locked. Oh, see, my car won't let it. Yeah. Well, I was able to get in anyway because okay. I just had to put my hand in oh, the good. door and it unlocked. Okay, good. But I was panicking. I was like, how am I going to get my keys? And then I went to get my phone and I'd left my phone at home uh, charging. Of course. So I couldn't call. And I was like, ah, how am I going to get no. in? And then I got in and it was fine. And I okay. came home and I was like, oh, don't be an idiot. And then I got out of the car. I went to go check on the chickens, mm-hmm. and, you know, based Make on sure Monday's okay. tragedy. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I went to check on the chickens and, you know, they were all fine. And then I come inside and I start doing work in the house. And I'm like, where's my, where's my purse? Uh-oh. I'm like, I left it in the car and it was in the car for like hours. Oh no. <laughs> With my water. I'm like, why am I leaving everything everywhere? My brain scattered. So my brain was scattered. So I, I, you know, go back out, get my purse, you know, and I'm like, trying to do things my internet isn't working because the the wind is blowing and it's like one o'clock before I even realize what's going on I'm like oh I need to eat lunch so I'm trying to eat lunch and then I get a call from the school and my daughter needed something so I had to run up to school and give her something and then I was going back to my car Mm mm-hmm and I had my keys this time. I'm like, I'm not going to leave my keys in the car. Mm-hmm. But my car wouldn't open when Uh-oh. I got there. I'm like, what is going on? Why is my car not opening? And I'm trying everything. I'm pushing the buttons and it's not unlocking. I'm trying all of the door handles to unlock it. It's not unlocking. Mm-hmm. And I pushed the button to open the the trunk and the hatch. I have a Jeep. So, yeah. you know, I was like, I can at least crawl in over the seats oh, and, and get to the front. <laughs> And the hatch isn't opening. I'm like, what is going on? Why is my car not working? And then I look at the car. It's not it's your car. It's not my car. <laughs> I knew it. I look like three cars over and there's my Jeep with the hatch open I and did. all the doors unlocked. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I knew it. So I go to my car, you know, come back home and, and just finish. Like I had about an hour before I had to go back to mm-hmm. get the kids and and uh, it was just a mess of a day. The whole rest of the day was like that. I kept bonking my head on things. I Aww. cut my finger when oh, I was no. doing yard work. I just was having one of harvesting some pomegranates and I cut my finger. Ouch. And it's just like I got a splinter in the same finger. And it was just one of those days where everything was just going no. haywire. And I couldn't get anything together or get anything focused. Every time it gets windy, this That's happens. That's crazy. Yeah. I always just think when you have one of those days, it'll reverse at some point, right? Like you're going to have a good day. Yeah. It'll all get better. Things will be like so smooth and so right, cool. Right, right, right. Because you had one of those days. Yes, I right? think so. I think so. I, I was definitely more on it today. Good. And I was on it on Tuesday. Uh-huh. Just yesterday. I don't know. That's so weird. Yeah. Or I was on it. I don't know. I was on it. Yeah. You know, I get it. (laughs) I get it. 
Hey, we all have those days, though. Yep. Just we a windy day weird... just whips me up in a frenzy and yeah. I can't focus. It's I crazy. wonder if that's because we're both air signs. So I wonder if like for like fire signs, like if it's like so sunny outside, it like throws people off or if it makes it better. Maybe. Or I like don't water know. day water signs. If it's like really rainy, like I wonder. Yeah. That's interesting. I know, that's interesting. But yeah, definitely. I was feeling my element yesterday. Mm, interesting. Well, yes. What has it's you going to get stitches. better though? Yes. Stitches for me, really, it's yeah. nothing. It's just that the fact that I'm excited for our patron. Uh, <gasps> we set up our patron account now so that yes, we everybody should come and, and support us because, again, we just do this by ourselves. Yeah. Um, we even set it up. You can just donate a dollar a month and you'll still get something from us, which yeah. is pretty cool. We will be incredibly appreciative yeah. of you guys. Yeah, we, we would love it. So that's all I'm excited about. Check out. And I always tell students this with when I, when I work and I'm, there's a I work at a college, but I always tell students, Google this because it always pops up or do a web search, but Podbean, Ominous Stitch, and you'll see it, uh, our patron. Yes, our patron. yeah, our patron, yeah. Ominous Stitch, Podbean. Yeah, yeah, and you'll find it. So yeah, yeah come, come, come support us. We come would be love patrons. Yes. We'll give you shout outs. Be our community. Yes, we love that. Yeah, so that's it. Yay. Yeah. But I'm excited for your your new crochet. What, what are we doing? <gasps> Should we get stitching? Yes. Let's get stitching. Okay, okay, stitchers. Are we ready for our stitch for this week? I'm so ready. Okay, so I first learned this stitch on Daisy Farm Crafts. Ooh, cute yeah, name. On, isn't that cute? Daisy Farm, Daisy Farm Crafts, Crafts. Okay. on YouTube. You can find their channel on YouTube. Awesome. And they make the cutest crochet things. Aww. I just love it. And, you know, I have a farm, so I'm all like, ooh, the farm thing. Yay. So when I first started learning crochet, that was one of the websites that I used to go to all the time cool. to learn different techniques. Okay. So this is their gingham plaid blanket on Daisy Farm Crafts. <laughs> is it weird? I thought of gingham. <laughs> Gang <laughs> gingham style. Gingham style. Okay. Gingham. Sorry. Gingham. Gingham. Right. Gingham. Yeah. But it's pretty. Yes. It's very pretty. And I thought that this was a great hack how to make a plaid blanket. Okay. So basically you pick three colors. Okay. Two colors are similar. One's a darker shade and one's a lighter shade. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to go with like a cream or a white Ooh. for the opposite color. Got it. Does that make sense? Of course. So basically you're making a bunch of different squares mm -hmm. and you're carrying yarn through so mm -hmm. that you don't have to keep cutting yarn and you aren't sewing in a bunch of ends, yes. which I love. Yes. You don't have to Easier. sew ends in. Yep. Very easy. So you're just carrying yarn over and it's a stitch that we've already learned. What is it? It's the seed stitch. Yay! That's Yay. a good one. They call it a griddle stitch. So it's also known as griddle stitch. I did not know yeah. that. Yeah, that's griddle? what they call it, griddle stitch. Okay. And so just to refresh everyone's memory, a mm. seed stitch slash griddle stitch, and mm. I know it has other names too, oh, okay. is a single crochet double crochet single crochet double crochet you're alternating between the two always always and you want to do an even number so that when you go back on the other side mm -hmm. you're always putting a single crochet on top of a double oh got and it a double on top of a single so it's always that alternating yeah. always alternating got it yes and so the way that this blanket works mm -hmm. is you start off with the darker shade and the lighter shade together okay 
and you're like gonna, the dark dark and the white contrast or just no so what i'm using i'm using a charcoal gray mm-hmm. a heather gray got it and a cream color got it okay so we're going with that kind of dark gray plaid kind mm-hmm. of a blanket right mm-hmm. so and we'll link there's a youtube video so okay. we'll link the youtube video that they do oh, for daisy farm Crafts. perfect yeah can do that so so you guys can see how they do it okay Basically, you start off, you make a chain of 10 plus one. So you're working in multiples of 10 plus one. Okay. And you want to do an odd number of 10 so that you start and finish with the same dark color. It just makes it even. Oh, I see what you're saying. Does that make sense? So instead of like 40, you want like 50. You would want to do 50. Got yeah. It. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I chained for my blanket because I just made it as wide as my reach here Mm -hmm. (laughs) um I did 170 whoa yeah (laughs) that's That's a lot that's how long my arms are when I'm that's my wingspan okay so 170 plus one plus one because that's your turning chain got it I was gonna ask about okay turning chain and you start with a single crochet double crochet single crochet and you do 10 of those Mm -hmm. in the dark color okay and then you're going to pick up the lighter shade of gray. So I started with the charcoal mm-hmm. and then I picked up my heather gray mm-hmm. and then I carried the charcoal along because you're going to alternate between the charcoal and the heather every 10 stitches. So you want it to keep going with it. Yeah. So you want to keep going. Okay. So and the way that it works best to kind of hide the stitch mm-hmm. is that when you're picking up the new yarn or you're carrying through the yarn, you're only going to go through, you're going to decide which side is the wrong side and which which side is the right side of your blanket. You have a wrong side. A wrong side. <laughs> so you're starting with the wrong side. Ah. And so you're going to go through the front loops okay. only. Okay. Because that will keep the, that, side that color. Okay. That will keep that, that color to the back because yeah. that's the wrong side. And then when you're working the right side, mm-hmm. you will put it in, in the, the back. back loop. So you're always alternating front loop for the wrong side, back loop for the wrong side. Yes. Okay back loop for the Very right cool. side so that it keeps that so carry through keep, color to keep the back track of what side you're on keep track of what yeah. side you're on keep track of whether you're doing a double or a single okay. and you're doing it in in tens got it so it'll be charcoal for 10 light gray for 10 charcoal for 10 light gray for 10 all the way down wow and then you do 10 rows of that so that ah. you have a square yes yes then you're going to switch to the light Mm-hmm. the 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 lighter tone so that will be my heather gray right and then i'll alternate between the heather gray it will sit that block will sit on top of top the charcoal of the mm-hmm. and then i will introduce my cream color which hey. will sit on top of the heather gray Got does it. that make sense makes total so sense. that's how we're making that grid that sounds and you'll easy. do that for 10 it's easy okay yeah but you got to keep track you got to keep track <laughs> you do have to count your rows yeah and you do but like once you get going and you you know, it's pretty obvious when the color changes happen. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then you're always carrying the yarn through. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to just go back and pick it up and keep going like so that. So kind of in integrating the other color yarns. So you're always going to be carrying one of the color yarns, right? Yeah. You always have two color yarns working in, in, in a row. Okay. Yeah. So either one color... So at least you're going to, like after the 10, you're going to have to cut one of them, right though? Or no? No, you don't cut it. You always carry it through. So because you have three colors though, 
No, you're only working two colors right, at a time in a row. But then when you switch, though, oh, when you switch, yes, mm-hmm. I will have to cut the darker colors. That's what so I'm you will have ends okay. that you're sewing in, yes. but not very many. Not very many. That's nice. Yeah. It's oh. not like every ten squares you have to right. change the color. And, yeah, oh, that's yeah, that would be hard to sew that in. Yeah, that reminds me of my cat blanket, the graphigan that yeah, I did. Yeah, I bet you had so many so ends. So huh? many ends to sew in. I couldn't even that was see them. Such though. a nightmare. You did great. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, but that's cool. Okay, yeah. so that would be fun. So always three colors but you're always working two yeah and then when you might I'm trying to remind myself how to do this yeah and then at the end of every row you have to chain one though right yes yeah, so you chain one because that's your turning chain so you Got always it. chain one always tur- turning one at the end of every row okay yes cool yeah that's easy yeah so that's it. So and that's you're gonna make of, this, right? I'm making it right now. It okay. might be a blanket. It might be a runner that's gonna go in front of my my porch. So pretty. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I'm like thinking of all the possibilities because you could probably do like a dark purple and a lavender and a cream. Yes. Right? Or yes. Dark green, light green, cream. Yes. You just need two similar shades: one darker, one lighter, mm-hmm. and then a cream. Or I even did it with like. Uh, I had like a dark pink, a lighter pink, and then I did like oh, a like a buttery yellow. Ooh, that would be nice. Yeah, too. and that worked too. That was very pretty. I love it. So play around with the colors. Yes, and I we want to see your gingham plaids. Yeah. So send them in. Send them in at the ominous stitch at gmail.com. Hey. Or send us pictures on any of our socials. We want to see what you guys are making. Yeah, we would love to to share it too. So, you know, please yes, send, it to us. send it to us. All right. So that's all I've got for stitch time. Yay. So are we ready for story time? Oh, it's story time. Let's go on a pub crawl. You ready, Angela? I am so ready. So again, we are doing haunted bars, saloons, slash restaurants west of the Mississippi. Yeah, yo. And we're going to start in Good Springs, Nevada at the Pioneer Saloon. Nice. Pioneer Saloon. Pioneer. So this will be a short one, but it's in Good Springs, Nevada. Okay. Let's talk about the history. It was established as a mining town in the late 1800s, named after Joseph Good. The Pioneer Saloon was not open until 1913. That's still a long time ago. Right. By George Fail. It is supposedly the oldest bar in all of the Southern Nevada region. Nice. Yeah. Good Springs Pioneer Salon, uh, Saloon, sorry, is roughly a salon. <laughs> salon my hair. Let's get our hair did. Yeah, let's do it. And you get a drink at the same time. No. Nice. Uh, That's we got to invent kind of that. Place. Let's do it. <laughs> No, because our hair have a, have a cocktail and get your and hair get done. your hair done. Yep, Let's as long as sure. your hairdresser isn't having a cocktail with you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say no. They can't have the drinks. Unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. So Good Springs Pioneer Saloon is roughly forty miles southwest of Vegas. So if you're going out there, you might want to take a little venture. Yeah. Be fun, right. The bar itself inside is original. It's made of mahogany. It's built in Brunswick, Maine, and it was shipped over at that time. So, whoa, yeah, like that's crazy. All the way around. Yep. Now, the first well-known story about this bar, the paranormal story, is that an out-of-work miner named Paul Kosky visited the Pioneer Saloon one night in hopes to make a buck or two playing cards. Oh, yeah. However, Paul didn't rely on luck. He decided to cheat. (gasps) Paul, cheaters never win. Yep, and. 
and he was caught. <gasps> yep. Joe Armstrong was playing as well, and he shot him dead in the saloon. Oh, dude. That's what happens to cheaters back then. Oh, but like in ni- was 1914? I don't know exact the year, exact year, but it was... Okay. A long time ago. Yeah. Because that wouldn't fly nowadays. No, of course not. <laughs> yeah. It's probably closer to when the bar opened. Yeah. Dude, shot yeah. dead. Shot dead. Thems are high stakes. Right. That is high stakes poker. Don't cheat. <laughs> Don't cheat. Now, there are still visual bullet holes in the wall at the saloon. Whoa. Yeah. Paul Kosky's coroner's report hangs next to them. <laughs> oh, oh, it is a long time ago. See, I'm, okay. I'm, I just, I didn't remember. A newspaper article page as well that states man killed at Good Springs and the article dates back to 1915. Oh. So yeah, two years after. Two years the after they opened. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that we- That's crazy how they celebrate it, but it's kind of like, really, to right? me, it reminds me of um, when we were talking about York and how York used to, I the will heads. not leave my oh, brain know, right? with the heads on the spikes yes. everywhere and like this is this is like hey the, this is the price you pay if you cheat in exactly our bar. don't do it that's yeah it's yeah. a warning yeah you'll die that's a much better way of warning than <laughs> like hanging his dead body on the wall that was the, the, the heads on the spikes yeah. yeah that's pretty creepy yeah and so they have everything original from there in the bar right now that's awesome southwest of vegas 40 miles mm-hmm. we are southwest of vegas so if we ever went to vegas oh my we gosh could, we could go there yeah that's not too far for us yeah cool oh let's go i want to go let's do it okay paul kosky's spirit still resides at the pioneer saloon though his presence can be seen time to time in the dark corners of the saloon Ooh. in his wild west outfit and bleeding from the side where he was <gasps> shot oh but when patrons catch a glimpse of him, he quickly vanishes. Oh, of course he does. Yeah. So, the other well-known tale at the Pioneer Saloon, not too far from there, Carol Lombard, who was the wife of Clark Gable. Yes. Carol, famous actress. Yes. Carol Lombard. Yeah. yeah. She was selling war bonds during World War II. And on January 16th, 1942, she was flying with her mother and several military personnel. Unfortunately, her plane crashed at Mount Potisi, which is an hour north of the Pioneer Saloon. Oh. Yeah. Clark Gable was so distraught. He stayed at the Pioneer Saloon for a few days and because that's where the search party had started. Wow. Yeah. So he was waiting for the news. Gable would sit and drink at the corner of the bar, anxiously awaiting... Apparently, the search crew wasn't able to reach Lombard's wreckage body right away. So Gable sat there, like I said, for at least a few days. Wow. Yeah, he was sad. There is a now in the back room of the saloon, a newspaper clippings and photos as a tribute to both of them. The rumor is that Lombard's ghost haunts the saloon as she was there to ease Gable's terrible grief. Oh, my heart. Oh, how beautiful and tragic. Oh, man. I just want to go give their little ghosties a hug. Yeah. Well, I'm sure they're happy now together. But yeah. But yeah, she would she haunt the bar because, yeah, he's just, you know, that energy, that sad, depressing energy is mm-hmm. just lingers. There, yeah, right? we got a residual. Yep. According to a regular bartender, the full body apparition of an aged prospector appears at the end of the bar late at night as well. Ooh, yeah, that's cool. And lastly, it is said that a woman with a photo hanging on the wall likes to haunt the ladies room. So <gasps> it's really hard to see, but that's her. Yeah. Pattern. Ooh. Yeah. We'll go hang out in the ladies' room. (laughs) (laughs) 
that could be that was so creepy the way i just said that that made me laugh okay (laughs) i told you that was short and sweet so that was yeah pioneer saloon in vegas or well close to vegas close to vegas yeah good springs next we're gonna travel to portland oregon hey yo yeah my sister lives there oh sister-in-law but i call her my sister yeah old town pizza and brewing (gasps) oh have you heard of this no but like i like the pizza part right pizza Pizza and beer let's totally going there okay okay old town pizza and brewing has one specific resident haunting i'm gonna go into the vivid and sad history oh okay Old Town Pizza is in the location that the Merchant Hotel used to sit, which was known for prostitution. Oh, oh, good. <laughs> Woefully, a lot of these old restaurants, pubs were known for that industry. As we touched up on the East Coast, remember, it was like mm-hmm. at least everybody was, everyone had everyone a brothel. Everyone had a brothel. <laughs> uh, and, has, and then there's some hauntings. That's because, a way to make money back then. Yep. Uh, yep. Yep. It was built in 1880 and... Fact, the window where you placed your pizza order now at the Old Town uh, Pizza right. is the original hotel's reception desk. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's sitting there. It's still yeah. there. And underneath the hotel floorboards sits the infamous Shanghai Tunnels. Have you heard Ooh, of those? No, but that sounds very cool. It's like the underground tunnels in Seattle. So these were used to easily transport goods around in Portland, but alas... It's also used to nab sailors and move them to the boats docked at the river. So they would steal sailors. Steal like people to just go be yep. a sailor on a boat? Yeah. Like <gasps> sailors would come in and then they'd steal them and put them on different boats. <gasps> That's also, crazy. Right? And also with women were held in cages for long periods of time in the tunnels so that they could be sold outside of Portland. So it was just a people mover. Oh my, like my jaw was literally dropped (laughs) and Nicole was still talking. So I didn't want to, that's insane. Don't put women in cages. Women in cages. Oh yeah. 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 Very sad. Now the legend of Nina. Okay. She was one of the working women at the hotel, the merchant hotel, but not by choice. Oh, Nina. But traveling missionaries were trying to clean up that neighborhood and happened to come across Nina. They convinced her to share information in exchange for a chance of freedom. Okay. Nina cooperated, but unfortunately, (gasps) she was soon found dead at the bottom of the elevator shaft in the Merchant Hotel. No. They think she was murdered. Well, yeah. Because she was was leaking information. Oh, no. Yeah. There also, this is crazy. They found a brick with her name carved into the old elevator shaft. What? Yeah. I don't know if that was her or someone (gasps) tributing it to her. Oh. Right? What if she, like, was pushed down the elevator shaft and didn't die right away and then just, like, carved her name so nobody would, so they would know that that was her? Exactly. I don't (gasps) know. Isn't that creepy? Nina. Yeah. I'm going to go into that again a little bit here. Okay. But the Merchant Hotel was sold to the Skidmore Development Company in the mid-1960s and became office space and stores. In 1974, I don't know how to say this. I'm so sorry. The 
Acuardi. I'm going to say that. Acuardi. It's A-C-C-U-A-R-D-I. Okay. Okay. The Acuardi family founded Old Town Pizza and Brewing and became one of the hippest pizza joints in town. Hey, yo. As I mentioned, Nina is the one and only known spirit that still lingers in this pizza joint. Patrons will smell her perfume wafting out of nowhere oh, wow. or feel a presence behind them when no living soul is behind them. Woo, Nina. Diners will often see Nina wearing a black dress and just watching them. But most of the time she is wandering around the basement below. Oh, Nina. Yeah. The brick with her name, right, is uh-huh. now located in a booth in the back of the restaurant. <gasps> we need to go find her brick. Yeah. We're going to go sit there and eat. You're like, Nina. Nina, where are you? Come see us. There is a story that a delivery driver asked to be taken off the brewery's route after seeing her in the basement. Whoa. Yeah. Portland. And we're coming for you. Yeah, it's we are. Old Town Pizza and Brewing. Moving on. See, I, I tried to cram as many as I could. Moving right along. We're merely oh. birds of a feather. We're in this Muppets? together. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I knew it. The Muppet movie. Muppet movie. Next, we're going to go to California. Yay. We live there. We live there, but not in this area. I could have I could have probably done a whole Los Angeles thing. Oh, but, yeah. Um, I'm sure we will at some point. Yes, yeah. we will. But this one, we're going to Marysville, California. Marysville, California. And we're going to go to the Silver Dollar Saloon. Ooh. Now, this is a fun one just because okay. there's not a lot of haunts. But the background to this, this place is... Uh-huh pretty bonkers okay you ready i'm ready okay got my pants on, Get I'm ready. Pants on. i don't know what kind of pants they are but excitement pants <laughs> <laughs> what would that entail <laughs> excitement Do pants you need an adult diaper pants? <laughs> and that's what i was thinking <laughs> i love it okay oh, you might want it i don't know all right well this next restaurant bar didn't have like i said many tales of ghost sightings or frights but something that took place in the saloon and who knows possibly more grisly events is enough to mosey over and grab a drink or food i have to do a little background dive so stay with me here okay i'm ready just like our previous visit to old town pizza in portland the silver dollar saloon in marysville california was once the grand hotel built in 1851 it's one of the oldest original buildings in marysville the Grand Hotel, just like the Merchant Hotel, was known to be an illegal brothel. Oh, no. Of there's course. always, there's a, connection always a brothel. To all these, right? Due to the Gold Rush era, the Grand Hotel brought in many gold miners. And since the location at the time was at the last stop for steamboats on the Feather River, it was a very popular stop. Women would stand in the windows to entice the men. Uh oh. <laughs> at some point in the late 1960s, early 1970s, Natividad Corona purchased the building and turned it into the Guadalajara Cafe. Ooh, Guadalajara. Natividad had a brother, Juan Corona. You might not sound, that might not sound familiar. Some of you, it might. And that's why I'm going to go into this. Juan Corona. I'm just thinking beer. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good, that's a good uh, assumption there too. Okay. Now, Juan, he had illegally come to California to work in the farms, but then a flood in the Yuba and Feather Rivers broke a levee and flooded most of the Sacramento Valley, which triggered a mental breakdown in Juan, who was deathly afraid of water. Oh, no. He believed that everyone around him had died and he was seeing ghosts. Oh, no. Like that mental break. Juan. Natividad committed Juan to a mental hospital in Auburn, California, and was diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic. 
Mm-hmm. He received 23 shock treatments in a period of three months. Holy cow. Right? <gasps> That's, That's enough to make somebody go bonkers. I mean, if mm-hmm. he's already thinking, oh, okay, I'm looking at your face right now. You're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, something, something's not good here. Yeah. Uh, but they declared him recovered after all this, and then he was deported back to Mexico. Later that year, he returned legally to the United States, back to Marysville, Yuba City. In 1962, he was a licensed labor contractor who would hire workers to staff local fruit ranches. And he was married with four daughters. Life seemed pretty stable for Juan Corona until March of 1970, when Corona had a new schizophrenic episode and was committed again, but very briefly. Oh, no. On May 25th. 1970, Jose Romero Rea was brutally beat up in the restroom of uh, Natividad's Guadalajara Cafe. It was so gruesome. He was attacked in the face and the head with a machete and nearly scalped. Oh! Yeah. oh. He survived. <laughs> what? Yeah, he survived. What? And Natividad had called the police for help. Romero didn't see his attacker, so he blamed Natividad and sued him and won $250,000. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Natividad didn't pay, but he sold all of his properties in California and moved back to Mexico. We're going to put a little bookmark on that one because we'll okay. come right back. Okay, okay, okay. Now, and that was at that the Guadalajara Cafe. Right. Which is now the Silver Dollar the Saloon. The Silver right? Dollar okay. Saloon, so yes. Keep that in mind. The following year... This okay. Is where it gets bonkers. Okay. Japanese American. <laughs> wasn't bonkers. No, not enough. No, oh, this no. is going to get more okay. bonkers. Okay. Japanese American farmer Goro Kakahiro, uh, Kagahiro, yep, found a large, freshly dug hole in the Sutter County peach orchard that he owned. After questioning his employees, which were all hired through Juan Corona's connections, Uh-oh. no one knew about the hole. Well, that night, Kagehiro came back to the orchard and found the hole filled. He immediately <gasps> called the sheriff, and after digging it up, they found a body of a drifter, Kenneth Whitaker. Oh, no. The cla- they classified it as a sex crime due to the gay <gasps> literature they found in his pockets, although he was fully dressed. Oh. The, cur- the coroner, unfortunately, did not look for signs of sexual assault. A few days later... On May 24th, 1971, workers driving a tractor at a ranch across the way found another filled hole. Oh, my God. The sheriff was alerted again. And after digging that hole, another male body was found. Then they found another hole with another male body. Oh, my gosh. Holes and holes. (laughs) All three bodies were drifters and farm workers who all had been stabbed and hacked the same way oh wow there were receipts in one of the grave for juan corona and his pickup truck had been spotted in the same area at the time of the murders oh no they continued to search for more graves and found six more corpses in this same orchard oh my gosh most of them were buried with their pants down or no pants at all all hacked and stabbed or shot all were drifters or farm workers So May 26th, deputies arrested Juan Corona and searched his property and car. They found an 18-inch machete, blood-stained club, knives, pistol, and ammunition, digging material, and a blue ledger with 34 male names and dates. (gasps) They believe this ledger was the list of the men he had killed. Oh, oh no. (laughs) (laughs) 
I do this just to get Angel's reactions. You hear that? Because of this, though. That's horrifying. Right? Yes. Now, because of this, the sheriff ordered an aircraft to take infrared photographs of the orchard area where they found the other bodies. Lo and behold, the known count of victims was 25. Wow. So they found 25, 25 out of the 30. Out of 34. Four. Oh, where are the other nine people? No, I know. Oh, no. Now, because of this, they believe Juan Corona was the one who nearly killed Jose Romero Rea in the Guadalajara Cafe. Yeah, makes sense. Right? Yeah. Corona is infamous as the worst known serial killer in U.S. history until 1973. Up to that point, Dean Coral's crimes were discovered at this point with a total body count of 28, which we should probably cover sometime. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And this is why we are unsure if Juan Corona conducted any of his killings in the cafe as well. In 1978. I got chills, man. The building was purchased by the Nicoletti family and then later purchased by the Cummings family, then passed down to the Ferries and the Silver Dollar Saloon was erected. Joe Ferry spruced up the second floor into the brothel museum. Oh, nice. To honor all the working girls and the men. Oh, madams. sure. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It is only open to request, and the conference room can be rented out for special events or ghost hunts. Oh. Yeah. Ferry says that there is a woman in a white ball gown that scares his children. Oh. This is the only ghostly encounter I could find online. <laughs> but... Who knows what the air is like surrounding those deaths by Juan Corona. Right. I would I would go there just to do kind of that. Do a seance for Juan Corona mm-hmm. and, and see what. Oh, and see what other victims. Yeah. So isn't that crazy? So That's, like I said, not meant much paranormal activity. I love how you snuck a true crime. In yes. There. Yes. Did you that. totally did. Isn't that cool? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was like literally doing. What is jazz it? Hands. Jazz hands. She's like, yeah. That's how uh, morbid we are, yeah. Oh, man. Okay. We're going to move on. Okay. Casey Moore's Oyster House in Tempe, Arizona. Hey, an oyster house in Tempe, Arizona. Isn't that fascinating? (laughs) Isn't that fascinating? And apparently it's because there's so much oceanfront (laughs) property in Arizona. I got some oceanfront property in Arizona. But you know what's amazing is that the reviews are really good for really? the seafood. Which I'm like, where are they getting it so fresh? Where are they getting it? No idea. I mean, there's even a country song about how there's nothing there. Yeah, there's no <laughs> ocean in Arizona. It is completely landlocked and desert. Yeah. I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah, but apparently it's good. Oh, we have to go. I'm not, I, don't <laughs> well, think, I don't know if I'm going to have seafood I don't want to eat anything there because I definitely had seafood in San Diego and that made and me that sick. Was, remember that? <laughs> yeah. And that's right next to the ocean. So, right. hey. What? We were literally looking at the ocean while yeah. we were eating food there. And we were so like, this like, is not good. Right? <laughs> Fish tacos and shrimp. Yeah, that was crazy. So if Arizona has better seafood than San Diego. Right. I might have to eat my uh, foot. I don't know. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay, how is this place haunted? Is it haunted by a famous sea captain? I need to know. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to go on because of you. Oh, my. Okay, okay. Whew, pull it together. And there's a fly on my computer. This is great. It's a fly. How ominous. How ominous. Oh, he's creepy. Oh, he's it's like the ring. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Little is known about William and Mary Moore. We know their home in Tempe, Arizona was constructed in 1910 and that William helped with the Tempe school system and was the first head of the Maricopa County School Board. He was also the county's first land commissioner in 1921. Family member Benjamin Moore, or B.B. Moore, moved in with William and Mary and began his own medical practice. He got involved with the education system there as well, moved on to politics, and was the fourth governor of Arizona in 1932. Hey-o. Hey-o. William Moore died of a brain hemorrhage in 1929 while sitting in front of his fireplace, and Mary died of natural causes in 1940 in the upstairs bedroom. Unfortunately, after their deaths, their home became a boarding house and bordello. Oh, of course. Theme. We have a theme. We have a theme. There's some kind of crazy energy with haunted restaurants and bordellos, right? Yes. Now, teenagers and young adults frequented the house and threw huge parties. And sadly, there are stories, which I couldn't find, that the bordello was full of suicides, rapes, drugs, and murders. Mm. So not a good bordello. Not a good bordello. In 1973, the house was purchased and refurbished into a restaurant called Ninth and Ash. It did okay, but was sold and became today's Casey Moore's Oyster House, an Irish-themed pub and seafood restaurant. Due to its location, it's super close to ASU. Okay. All right. It became a popular spot amongst students. Yeah. The restaurant allows dogs on the patio until 5 p.m. However, dogs have been known to bark at some of the ghosts that reside in the restaurant. Oh, that's awesome. So a lot of reports came in about seeing a woman dancing on the second floor late at night. Mm -hmm. It's always around 4 a.m. And sometimes they spot a man who dances with her. Apparently, on at least four different occasions, neighbors have called the police. And when they arrive, the restaurant is empty and the alarm system had not gone off at all. Interesting. Most suspect it's the lingering spirits of William and Mary Moore. Oh, so they're still sweet. I was thinking it was like, you know, a lady dancing and it was a bordello. Oh, oh, no, no. They think it's the couple. Oh, that's sweet. sweet. Yeah, see, I like that. Also, the ghost of a young woman that was murdered during the bordello times has been spotted in the restaurant. She has dark hair and light eyes and visits the restaurant during business hours. Oh. Yeah, patrons will see her through the corner of their eye, but when they turn to meet her gaze, she disappears. So there is a bordello ghost. Okay. Poltergeist events (gasps) also happen at the restaurant. Nice. Yeah. The staff typically sets the tables, chairs, and silverware before closing. But then in the morning, they find everything rearranged. Oh. Both staff and customers have seen silverware launched from the tables. Oh, that's not cool. No, not at all. Don't launch the silverware. No, especially if it's like a might, knife. You might right? put somebody's eye out. Yeah, fork. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, no. Ah! Lamps start swinging violently on their own. And Whoa. one time, a photo frame was launched across the restaurant with the nail still in the wall <gasps> as if someone lifted the picture and threw it. Whoa. Yeah, someone's not happy there. That's crazy. ParanormalLegacy.com has a few video investigations of the Casey Moore Oyster House, and some have some really cool EVPs. <gasps> nice. Yeah. I didn't put this. it. Yeah, I didn't put it in there. So because you got to go check it out. Okay. okay. All right. All right. I'm checking it out. So that's the Casey Moore Oyster House. Okay. I want to go there. You're gonna Just, try some oysters? <laughs> no. Well, I don't like oysters, so oh, I wouldn't okay. try them anyway. Okay. But good. I will watch other people try oysters. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe we can drive there and take our dogs and sit on the porch. <gasps> yeah. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm down for that. We'll do that. Okay. And then we can hit up on the way back. We can hit up the Pioneer. Pioneer Saloon? Yeah. Perfect. Or on the way there. Whatever. Or whatever. Either way. We'll make a, make we'll a, make a road trip. A chart. Road trip. Yeah. Mom road trip. Okay. We go to my hometown, Seattle, Washington. Yeah, Seattle. This is a pretty cool story that I had no idea about. Okay. Have you ever been to this? Place? No, I have not. I've oh. walked by it many times. Oh, cool. Yeah. I've gone to it's it's in the Pike Place area. <gasps> we yeah. have to go. Yeah. And I'm really sad that I didn't know about this. So I'm going next time. Okay. Maybe we need to do a mom trip to Seattle because I have family <gasps> there too. Let's do that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. But I am going there like in December. Okay. Know, so, but we'll go again. Okay. Okay. This is. <laughs> do you like how we plan our trips? <laughs> we have so many trips planned. Uh, Kell's Irish Restaurant and oh, Pub. Nice. Yeah. In the very early 1900s, E.R. Butterworth, which I love that I name. I love that name. Right? E.R. Butterworth. Did they make syrup? No. <sighs> far from it. <laughs> Okay. Far from it. Oh, okay. Had an English architect design a building downtown. It was built on First Avenue where the street was very steep. What's interesting about it is that from one side, you'll see three stories. Mm-hmm. And from another, you'll see five stories. Because oh, it's that like yeah. back steep. Yeah. Right? Once it was finished in 1903, Butterworth established one of the first permanent mortuaries in the United States. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's not the same not as syrup. syrup. No, yeah, no, not at all. It was the first location to offer services pertaining to death, such as coffin sales, embalming room, a chapel, etc. It also was the first building on the West Coast to feature an elevator, which helped transport dead bodies. Ooh, haunted elevator. So this is a very small picture. I'm going to show her. But this is their, like the original one of the rooms. Isn't that oh, cool? that's so cool. Yeah, very, very cool. I love it. Practically every dead body in Seattle would come through the doors <laughs> of Butterworth and Sons Mortuary. Oh, wow. Some say the building has residual negative energy due to some questionable practices, such as possible coffins being buried empty because bodies were sold for profit. Oh. <gasps> Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh, Zach Baggins does a big thing about it, which I didn't like. I'm sorry. Nope. I'm sorry, Zach Baggins people, if you like him. He did this whole like thing there. I was watching a video mm-hmm. and he was very like, oh, this is such a negative place with negative energy because they were these miners were being, you know, their car- corpses were being sold. Like he made it like. Oh, he twisted. I mean, it. that's his thing. Yeah, right. And I don't like it. <laughs> no, I don't like it it's either. So dramatic and flair. Like, yeah, I no. don't. I no, I don't like the way he taunts the dead. Yes, I don't like the way he. That's what he was trying to do, and yeah. I didn't like that. Yeah, no, no. I don't like it either. Thank and you. I don't like okay, the way good. he puts his people. He I mean he does it because he's a TV star yeah. and he's going for the drama and he's. But I find it him his practices disrespectful. I agree. And okay. I good. don't like the way he keeps putting poor Aaron. That's oh, one of his camera so. guys. Okay. I've only watched it enough to know Aaron's name, but he always uh, puts Aaron in the scariest places because oh. Aaron gets scared so much. Well, that's me. Like that's don't be a bully, don't Zach. Don't be a bully. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad you agree on that because I did not like how he was doing it. No. Whenever I mention him, it's. It's okay. Ironically, Yay. it's not because I think he's awesome. Okay, good. I, I We're on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It wasn't cool. But Ryan and Shane, I love. They were fun. Oh, 
they did. This is totally off topic. <laughs> okay. And this is just me plugging them because I love them. But they recently did an episode of Ghost Files on the Watcher Network of the Whaley House. <gasps> did and they And I really? just watched it. Oh, yeah, fun. I wanted to tell you, but I'm telling you on the podcast okay. now. I wanted to text it to you. We but did yeah, the, I watched yeah, for it. For all of you who don't know, we did the Whaley House like in episode four or I five. think it was episode four okay. or five, somewhere around there. We yeah. did a mom Because we went there, yeah. Yeah, and we went to San Diego. Yeah. That's cool. We yeah. have to watch it. I yeah. have to watch it. Did yeah. you watch and you like it? I watched it. Yeah. Okay. It, it was it was fun. I mean, they're they're being themselves. Yes. And Shane is often disrespectful because mm-hmm. that's because that's his, how he does that's to his get shtick. the but yeah. Know, the ghosts, but, but but Ryan is terrified. He really believes it. Yeah, he fully believes. I love that. So yeah, okay. it was fun. Okay. I have to watch that. So yeah, so Zag Baggins was you know, but there is a rumor uh that goes around that Dr. Linda Hazard would treat her patients to the point of starvation she thought that was the way to do everything no and she'd only feed them thin broth and give them regular enemas <gasps> they would pass and their bodies were sent to the butterworth and sun's mortuary uh, so that's actually like a big like she common was just rumor. killing people yep. and sending them business yeah pretty much yeah that's terrible. not cool I'm is s- this in the victorian era too so 1913 yeah oh 1913 so um maybe they weren't doing the whole bell toll thing yeah where they would lay in wake and then see oh people. Yeah. yeah i remember that too so that's what i was wondering if that was part of the story if they were burying people alive no no they just weren't that the rumors they weren't even burying people at all they were just selling the corpses yeah whoa yeah. okay that is not good not business good practice i mean there are two things in life that we all know death and taxes right mm. those are for certain yeah so just wait they will come they to will you. They will die. Yeah. yeah. They just wanted more. Oh, yeah. Sad. Don't be greedy and don't death, be greedy. people. I'm unsure how long the mortuary was in business in Seattle, but I do know the building was purchased by the McCallies family. I'm going to say that. And the Kells Pub opened in 1983 but has seen a lot of paranormal activity. I bet. Yeah, being a mortuary. Yeah. From the beginning of construction, the McAleese's... Oh my God, I'm terrible at this. McCallies. McCallies. Yeah. Okay. Because they're Irish. Yeah. It's fun. They're like the interviews. They're very Irish. Yeah. So they have the whole Irish accent and everything. Oh, I love it. The sister is very Irish. I love it. McCallies's would feel cold spots and hear footsteps when no one else was in the pub. Heavy metal doors would swing open on their own accord. One night, Patrick's mother was at the bar on one of the upper floors, and she fell down a flight of stairs, thankfully with no serious injuries. But she swore she was pushed down even though no one else was around. Yeah, I believe that. Right? Poor mama. I'm glad she wasn't injured. No. And, And she, after all that, she would put holy water behind like every door, like wall and everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. They're good Irish Catholics. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. (laughs) Funny you say that. All of these spooky transgressions led the family to call a priest to bless the building. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Good Irish Catholics. Patrick McAleese recalls decades ago when him and his dad were cleaning up after the bar and the restaurant had closed. They were on the restaurant side, which joins to the bar side by a short hallway. So okay. Two gotcha. Mm-hmm. Then they heard a loud crash with a lot of glass. Ooh. Yeah. They raced over to the bar side and found an old mirror on the ground, but on a shallow shelf, only four inches deep along the wall, a candle was lit. Not by them. <gasps> what? Yeah. They were the only oh. two in the bar. So this worried them. Yeah. 
So they guys, got. I'm shaking my hands. So if you hear my bracelets rattling, I'm shaking. She's my doing hands. jazz hands now. Uh, so they got out their flashlights and they searched the entire building, but no one was there. And the door to the bar was bolted from the inside. They searched for 20 minutes and didn't find another living soul. Dude. Right, dude. Right, that's <laughs> that the candle being the candle lit being lit. Is what gets me. Right, that's like because mirrors can fall off. I've yeah. had picture frames things fall off all the time. Yeah. but a candle being lit. On How its does own. the candle just light itself? Yeah, with yeah. nobody around. That's awesome. <laughs> Karen McCallie, uh, sister of the bar's owner, claimed to have seen a spirit on All Saints Day in 2005. She said he was a tall man who looked like he was part black with a suit jacket on. He had very thin hands. He walked to the end of the bar and just kind of faded. Ooh. Yeah. One of the most seen spirits is referred to as Charlie. At the corner of the Kells bar hangs a mirror. Over time, the mirror has changed, probably the one that fell. Yeah. But patrons will look into it and see a reflection of a happy-looking middle-aged man. Oh. Yeah. He's seen wearing a derby hat and is usually in the top right corner of the mirror smiling. When they turn around to see him, nobody's there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and apparently at least dozens of people have seen Charlie over oh, the years. Oh, I love it. Charlie. Yeah, Charlie's happy. Phoenix Smith, a guide for nightly spirits ghost tours, mentioned that a gentleman was taking pictures of his wife in the mirror straight on with her facing the camera. And when they reviewed the first photo, there was a profile, a face right behind her head. <gasps> yeah. Is it Charlie? We think so. Ooh, yeah. I love it. Right. I love it. And probably the spirit that is more seen than Charlie. Oh. And Charlie's seen a lot, right? Yeah. Is a little girl in the red dress. Oh, a little girl. A little girl's there. When Como News reporter Eric Johnson asked Patrick McCallies how many reported sightings there had been of her, his response, the little girl in the red dress, countless. It's like she must work here. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. She's definitely a really nice haunt. She's really sweet and playful. She's always seen in the red dress, and she visits more when there are other little children around. <gasps> As the restaurant is open to children daily until 5 p.m. Okay, we got to bring our kids. Yeah, we do. Yeah. She is known to manipulate things in the restaurant, and she even makes toys for other children. That's so sweet. She just is lonely, wants to play. Oh, I like this yeah. little girl. No one knows exactly who she is, but speculation is that she died in 1918 from the flu. Como News Eric Johnson got a really good story this is so fun from a previous bouncer that worked at Kells okay so this is in 2010 or 2011 his name's Josiah he's a huge Samoan guy he was working upstairs and close for the bouncers to rotate that night so he was like almost end of his shift okay. okay he heard footsteps on the stairwell close to his right side and he heard little feet running up the stairs. <laughs> he got up, turned the corner and said he could only see the feet going up the stairs, the little girl's feet and the bottom of her red dress with white stockings and black shoes. <laughs> he got on his earpiece and asked everyone, hey, somebody have kids here? There's a kid in this back stairwell. Somebody got their kid here. Another bouncer named Brett said there should be no kids here, period. So. Josiah goes up the stairway about two flights all the way to the top. And it's a single doorway. So there's nowhere else this little girl could have gone. Right. The place is pitch black and he froze. He walked into the little cold space and said it was freezing and the hairs on his neck started standing up. Oh. He exclaimed, oh my God, and knew it was the ghost. 
He ran down the stairs. He said he was so scared. He was pushing people aside and yelling on his way to the front door of the bar that opens into Post Alley. He told the other bouncers the tale. And one of the uh, McCallie's family members said, oh, my God, you just saw the ghost. So he, I love yeah. it. So what, after he recanted that story, he was like, I still get chicken skin just yeah. talking about it. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's cool. So Kel's Irish pub and restaurant. Let's go. Okay. I'm ready. I've got one more. Yeah. I've got one more. <gasps> Sweet. This is long though. Okay. Because okay. I've got a good, lot of tales about it. Okay. That's okay. Let's go. Double Eagle Restaurant in Mesilla, New Mexico. Oh. Yeah. It's so pretty. Look at this huge, like it's, it's gorgeous. It is pretty. I think I know this place. Really? You might. I think I saw, oh gosh, I don't remember who it was, but I think I saw an investigation in this place. You might've, because this is very haunted. Oh, cool. Yeah. If it's what I'm thinking it is, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. There was, they brought a medium with them oh, and fun. she was, she was pointing out, she's like over here standing in that doorway is this person. <gasps> and so if it's who I think it is, well, okay. well I'll tell you. Oh, this is exciting. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. All right. The Double Eagle restaurant in Mesilla, New Mexico is deceptively small when looking at it from the outside, but the inside is rather large and opulent, decorated with turn of the century art, antiques, crystal chandeliers, and ghosts. Yeah. Built in the mid 1800s, the Double Eagle was once a home that was owned by the Mays family. Mother Mays, or La Senora, as we will call her from now, was very proud of her family. And they were very powerful at the time and in the import-export business. She was hoping that her teenage son, Armando, had a duty to uphold and to hopefully marry someone that could uphold the family name. Since the home was large and had a lot of upkeep, the family had a lot of servants. One was a very beautiful teenage girl named Inez. Mm-hmm. She had long flowing black hair that went all the way to her waist. Armando fell in love with her at first sight. Yes, but this is this is, is this it. it? Yeah, yes, but since she was just a servant, La Senora would never approve. So they kept their relationship a secret. The other servants soon found out, but kept it a secret as well. Alas, La Senora could tell something was up with her son, and he confessed his love for servant Inez. This sent his mother in a rage and forbade them to see each other, and told Inez to leave. Armando had to marry aristocracy in Mexico City. Well, that didn't stop the star-crossed lovers. Mm-hmm. One day, La Senora left on a trip but returned early. And now, just side note, this trip on, on one story said she, he went to go find his like next wife. And he did really quick, like a you know prominent person. Uh-huh. So she returns fast. I don't know if that's true or not. Yes. The servants started acting really funny when she came home. No one knew where Armando was. And so she went straight to his bedroom where they found him and Inez in a lover's embrace. Mm -hmm. La Senora was so enraged to the point where she basically blacked out with wrath. She stepped back onto the patio area and stumbling over her sewing basket, found her sewing shears. She returned to Armando's room where they were hastily dressing and without a sound, raised her shears and plunged them into Inez's breast. Mm -hmm. She pulled them out, went to stab her again, but Armando rushed to Inez's aid and and drove the shears into his back. When Armando screamed in pain, it broke La Senora's trance and she screamed and tumbled back. Both lovers died tragically. Inez immediately, Armando three days later after falling unconscious. They say La Senora never spoke again afterwards. 
This tragic story was pieced together by old tales, newspaper accounts, and even private diary entries. Mm -hmm. So you've heard this. Yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. I heard this. This is crazy. It's, I never heard about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good investigation. Oh, I got to see yeah, it. I'll, I'll have to, if I, I'll remember it, and then maybe we'll include it in the notes. Okay. So people can watch this yes. investigation. Oh, that would be cool. so cool. Because they go room by room, yeah. and they talk about what happened in each room oh cool mm -hmm. i love it yes i want to see it the ghosts of armando and inez have said been to linger in their former home now restaurant and never in malice tables left in one spot have been found in a different place the next morning wine glasses have been broken without sounding the motions detector oh sorry motion detectors alarm the most famous haunting at the restaurant that is spread throughout websites regards two armed victorian chairs that sit in the carlotta room mm -hmm. armando's old room yes okay these two chairs were reupholstered and were rare, very rarely used however there are shapes that are well worn of two human bodies one smaller and more feminine than the other now the restaurants tell uh, the restaurant tells patrons not to sit in them so that the lovers have their own place. Yes. Yes. That is so crazy. It's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. They have the, how home. respectful they are of, yeah. of the people that lived there. Yes. Their home. Yeah. It's so nice. Yeah. And I, you've probably seen this then, but the chairs are like. Yeah. They're one beautiful. Corner, corner. Yeah. yeah. Here are some stories from restaurant workers from the website oldmessia.org. And this is so cool. Yeah. Okay. Good story. Yes. April 2002. Danny Via I'm going to say that. Villalpando was finishing setting tables in the Maximilian room about 11. 30 p.m. He and manager Jerry Harrell, 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 mm -hmm. Harrell. <laughs> I can't talk today. <laughs> he and manager Jerry Harrell were finishing closing the restaurant and were the only ones in the building. It had been a long day for Jerry, so he gave the keys to Danny and said to lock up when he was finished. Jerry said he would meet Danny in the morning to open and left. Not too much later, Danny realized someone was in the room with him. Danny's first thought was not of the ghosts, but that Jerry had forgotten to lock the front door and allowed someone to get in. Danny turned and saw a young Hispanic girl in a white linen shift walking out of the Maximilian room and onto the patio, going toward the Carlotta Salon, the ghost's room. Danny still did not realize what was happening and called out that the restaurant was closed and while walking toward the patio himself. As he turned the corner into the patio, he could not find the girl. Danny checked all the doors. They were locked. No one could have gotten in. Danny was still not convinced and called out, Inez, is that you? Danny heard a girl's voice strongly accented say, Danny. That was enough for Danny. He oh, ran from geez. the building and the next day made Jerry sign a written pledge never to leave him alone in the restaurant <laughs> again. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's good. Right? I like that Duh. one. <laughs> March 2003. Leslie Staley, a server in the Double Eagle, was the opening server for lunch. Other employees were in the back of the house, but she was the only one in the front public area. As Leslie was going about opening duties, she heard a girl's voice, strongly accented, say, Leslie. Leslie raised her head and said, yes, and looked around thinking one of the kitchen workers needed something. There was no one. Because the Double Eagle is an old home, it had a series of connecting rooms. So Leslie walked into the next room and looked around. Again, she heard Leslie coming from the connecting room. Leslie followed the voice and ended up hearing Leslie coming from the Carlotta Salon, yes. the ghost room. She did not enter, but thinking the kitchen employees were playing a joke, turned and entered the kitchen. 
There she all she saw all the kitchen employees were working and all were male. Oh, <laughs> so no so female Inez, yelling. Was, yeah, Inez is on it. She's having fun. September 2003. <laughs> Jerry Harrell, manager of the restaurant, was at the restaurant early one more, Monday in September 2003 er, before the 9.30 a.m. kitchen crew arrived and prepare for the 11 a.m. opening. Jerry received a phone call from a first grade teacher at Messiah Elementary School. She said she was out on the plaza with 23 first graders and the guide who was supposed to be there to talk about the Messiah history was a no-show. She asked if Jerry could give a tour of the restaurant. Jerry said, sure, come on in. Jerry had already started the opening procedures, checking all rooms, turning on lights, checking the alarm system. So with 23 first graders and a relieved teacher in tow, Jerry walked from room to room and explained the history of various pieces of art, talked about the chandeliers, the gold ceiling, the Billy the Kid artifacts. Finally, Jerry said this is the way to the ghost room. Jerry backed in motioning for the kids to follow. Suddenly, Jerry was staring at the ceiling. A dining chair was no longer tucked under the table, but pulled right out into the walkway and Jerry had backed right over the chair. Jerry had checked the room and the chair was in its proper place not 30 minutes earlier. <laughs> there were no other people in the building. Jerry received a thank you note from the class with artistic first grade renditions of a ghost pulling that chair out oh, for Jerry. I love it. <laughs> Cute, That's right? cute. That was a cute was a sweet one. one. Couple more. Okay. October 5th, 2004. A gentleman who worked for the city of Las Cruces was entertaining some guests for lunch in the Carlotta room. The gentleman thought the room was getting colder, colder and colder, he felt, but continued talking to his guests and wondering why no one else commented on the cold. Suddenly, he saw the curtains over the window moving with strong gusts of wind coming into the room. He realized now why the room was cold and got up to shut the window. As he brushed the curtain aside to get to the window sash, he realized the wall actually had no window opening to it. <laughs> the wall was solid. A window frame and curtains had been hung on the wall to give the appearance of a window. That's good. As he stepped back in shock, he heard a young girl's laughter and turned around to see all of his guests staring at him. Oh, no. Isn't that creepy? That's so good. That's so creepy. I'll be like, I love that that's one. not a window. Oh, I love shit. it. <laughs> one more. August 2003. A new assistant manager was hired at the Double Eagle. Much time was spent in training and the ghost story was mentioned briefly. The gentleman was a skeptic and said he thought it was all a bunch of bunk, just a story to sell the restaurant. The manager at the time said no one was asking him to believe anything, just to be aware in this, of the story in case anyone asked. After working there for a week, it was the assistant manager's time to close the building up at night without supervision for the first time. Good luck, buddy. Yeah, this is right? going to mess with yep. you, man. I already feel it. Yep. A customer had left about two glasses of wine in a bottle, and the assistant manager told the server that he knew what to do with it. He took the bottle and two clean glasses into the Carlotta room and set them on the table. He said to the ghosts, here, I brought you some wine so you can enjoy the night. <laughs> Laughing. What a jerk. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Laughing. He turned to the one remaining server and said, we'll see in the morning if they had a good time. They walked to the back door, set the alarm system, including the motion detectors and left for the night. Returning the next morning, the assistant manager disconnected the alarm system and walked directly to the Carlotta. He was stunned to see the bottle empty on its side. The two wine glasses were shattered in the fireplace. 
As he walked out the back door, he tossed the keys to the executive chef, Larry Campos, who was coming in and said, I'm not working here. Just mail me my check. <laughs> and they did. <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. That's to end so on. fun, that's right? So good. So that's such a cool haunt because again, it's not like a multiple ghosts. It's just Inez and maybe Armando just still hanging out. Mm-hmm. Like that's where they want to be, and it's pretty. It's a really yeah, pretty it's restaurant. Beautiful, yeah. So. And there are lots of rooms that are connected, and there's yeah. lots of stories and lots of history that that in that double eagle. So that's so cool. That's cool. I love it. Oh, yeah. this is such a fun story time today, Nicole. Fun I love time. it. Fun time more joss hands that's That's like our thing thing today (laughs) (laughs) yay joss hands well if you guys have been to any of these places please send us your stories please at the ominous stitch at gmail.com we want to hear from you if you have any stories of your own please let us know because we would love to do a listener's episode we would we really would yes we really really would yeah so send us anything that you got because we want to hear from you guys Mm -hmm. and we want to hear it and we'll give you guys a shout out shout out shout out that was such a fun story time but are we ready for movie time oh i'm so ready for movie time it's movie time This week's movie, yes, Insidious Chapter Two. Yay! We're yeah. returning back to the Insidious franchise. Yeah, we did this a long time ago. We right? did. This was one of our first episodes. Oh, I think the second episode. We did yeah. Conjuring and then Insidious. I yeah. think. Yeah. So Insidious Chapter Two was released in 2013. It got six point stars, uh, six point five stars on IMDb. The synopsis, the Lamberts believe that they have been have defeated the spirits that have haunted their family, but they soon discover that evil is not beaten so easily. (laughs) So as you remember, if you watched this movie um, or heard us talk about it, they leave off with um, Josh, right? The dad, the dad, Josh, not being Josh. Yes. Yeah. He wasn't him. And Elise being and Elise murdered. Being murdered. Yeah. Yeah. And and Rose. Uh, her Rose name Byrne. is Rose. Rose Byrne. Mm-hmm. Um, what is her name in the movie? Renee. Renee. Yeah. Renee thinks that she knows that Josh did it and she kind of is kind of on to maybe that's not really my husband. Yes. So she knows something's off. Right. That that's kind of where the last movie stopped. Yeah, and it's good. I <laughs> yeah. love how they picked that up. And so now they're living with Josh's mom just so that you know And another they, gorgeous oh, house. Huge. Which at first I was like, Victorian Why is this mansion? another huge mansion? And then you find out later, I was like, Oh, it's because she's a doctor, but she's a single mom doctor. Single mom doctor, yeah. yeah but yeah. still affording this huge house. Yeah. Which is crazy. But I guess yeah. it's just but I mean, it son. was also in the oh, 80s right. or something when they when, when they had that house. Yeah, 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 you're right. So she's had that house for a long time. A long time. Mm-hmm. So there's so much I want to there's some pros and cons that I want to get into. But I want to hear what you think. Like or give me give us some some good some some, some good, good pros good and pros and or bad cons. Like, <laughs> <laughs> or just like some some more synopsis like glimpses into the movie from your point of view so I you know it was nice to return back to this franchise and get some familiarity and some continuity with the story and Mm -hmm. continue on with what's going on and finding out what happens next yes especially with Josh and 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 how are we going to get back to him and Mm -hmm. what I loved about this movie is all the callbacks to the original movie Mm -hmm. and they're going back I love it when movies do this 
Back to the Future did this, oh, where they okay. would go back to scenes from the previous oh, movie yes, yeah. and explain things that happened yes. in those scenes. Yeah. And you get to see why, why? that happened That's in this true. next movie. Yeah, you're right. So I'm like, oh, that was cool. Yeah. That was cool. That was probably my favorite part okay. of this movie is nice. all the callbacks that they did. Okay. And there were quite a few. There were a few. Yeah. And, you know, I love the comic relief of mm. the, the two guys. Yes. Because they're just, they're so funny. What is the game that they play that we're going to start doing now? Hunter, Ninja, Bear. Hunter, Ninja, Bear. <laughs> so so it's, their, it's their Rochambeau, right? They or do Hunter, Ninja, rock, Bear. Rock, paper, scissors. Rock, yeah. paper, scissors. Yeah. Oh, and that I had to think so about it. I was like, okay, so the hunter kills the bear, the bear kills the ninja, and the ninja kills the hunter. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's I was got, like, oh, that's so fun. And then yeah. they had to do the like. They have to pose. Yeah, pose. Yeah. yeah. So bears, you know, like, rah, the. But they, know. yeah. So they do this when they're visiting Elisa's house and they're like, so they hear something creepy. Yeah. And, and they don't like, want to go down yeah, no to, one wants her, to go her room. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> they had to do that. I love that too. That was so fun. Yeah so fun but again you know it's another James Wan so you get the beautiful cinematography of. yeah well yeah yeah so James mm -hmm. Wan does most of it but there is when I was looking I forgot the exact names which I'm terrible at there's a writer then there's another writer for this like who wrote this the screenplay oh okay yeah Lee I think her name was Lee or him I don't know I'm so I don't sorry know. okay but James Wan is mostly yeah in charge of it yeah yeah. So it was pretty. It was like, and it was a, a good horror movie where they're like the jump scares weren't really there too much, but it was still really ominous and scary. And like, in yeah, they had the scenes. nice suspenseful moments happening. Yeah. Yeah. So it was good. Like when, what sticks in my mind is when his, the phone, the, the, the makeshift phone, he's like, Dalton's getting called to wake up and mm -hmm. it's like, I'm not, God, I can't remember the characters' names, but it's not his brother. Oh, the tin can phone? Yeah. Yes. And he yeah, wakes I'm up. I'm not Forrest. Yeah, I'm yeah. not Forrest. And he wakes up and it's like, he starts pulling it. Oh, it's oh, so Oh, and he creepy. starts pulling it and it goes taut yeah. in the closet. Yes. Yeah. Oh, was good. that was so good. That was good. Okay, so let me, I'm going to go into some pros and you think about your pros too. We'll go back and forth. Okay. And then cons. Well, those were my pros. Oh, that was it? Okay. Well, okay. We'll okay. keep going. Okay. We might have more. We might well, have okay. more. So I thought this movie was way creepier than the first one okay because of the the serial killer and like because oh. i know there's a demon yeah in the first one but this yeah. one was is there a real real tangible people yes are always way scarier Creepier because because their motivation yes. behind is way more twisted than like if it's a demon you know they're after souls yes like, and they're you're evil they're you know evil. they're evil we know that but like people, people can be good or evil Right. And yeah, this one, so it's a super conscious choice. And, and yeah. Yeah. His, and the fact that it's like motivated with him and his mother. mother. Ooh, and that, that whole that backstory so creepy, is crazy. Right? That yeah. was insane. But yeah, like the, the creepy guy when they're in the further. Yeah. And he's like the one where he's like, I don't see anything. He's like, it's he's right in front of you. Oh, yeah. And he's like, he's got your baby. He's got your baby. He's got your baby. He's got your baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that really that, that freaked me out and then the makeup how they aged Josh by when he was being inhabited by Parker yes and the way that he was like his body was dying yes. it was deteriorating because his soul wasn't in there and yeah. that's the whole thing with astral projection yes if your soul isn't in your, your body your body, body mm -hmm. starts to deteriorate yes. and decay and die and so the way they made it look it was uh -huh, so good that was good that. Yeah. it was really creepy and then the spooky hidden room full of victims oh I hated that so much but okay that was bad my thing is though how were they all so preserved and sitting upright in this one room like would you think bodies would start to die and they would just fall over and so it would be like this chaos of a room of the victims not all like 
yeah sitting considering up like how a, long ago these murders happened because yes. they've had to have happened in the 70s and yeah. 80s right depending upon because he because yeah, pa- he was being haunted Parker died by, in the 80s yeah he was being haunted by parker in the 80s yeah so 70s 60s yeah yeah so that's what that's 50 years at least yeah these bodies would not be sitting upright so there must have been something to prop them up and make Embalming, them stay in that yeah, maybe. position. Um, <laughs> That's yeah, so creepy. yeah. And then my last one pro is that there, which you haven't seen, which I'm going to make you see. There's okay. elements of The Shining in this movie. Yeah, I haven't seen The Shining. Oh, so well, the acts or the you know co- going through the going after their family, going after the family, breaking down breaking the doors, doors yeah. but uh, being possessed. Being possessed, like brain mentally, just not there. Like, yeah, there's a shining. It's not the exactly same, but those elements that was very creepy. That that really got me. Yeah. Okay. Cons. Okay. (laughs) She's like, these are my cons. These are my cons. Like waving her finger at me. (laughs) I didn't like the ending with how Elise was able to destroy the mother in that way, and that made everything better. Like, how did that? Like, it was just such an abrupt like ending of get her mother. She kills her with the rocking chair and then everything's good. Yeah. How did I mean, that there like was so much lead up to yes. that point yeah. and then it was resolved so quickly. Yes. You needed a bigger boss fight. Yes. That's <laughs> what I wanted. And it was just like, oh, okay. but they didn't have anywhere else to go. That's true. When the outside of the further. Right. Right. In the further, they could have done more. Right. But outside of the further, I don't think they could have pushed what was happening. They needed to pace that out a little bit more if you wanted more story. Because they were out yes. of time sure. in the real world. Right, because he was about to, yeah. So then, yeah. but like killing the mother did it? Like, wasn't he, I don't know. Well, he was Parker possessed by was, Parker. Yeah, but Parker was being controlled by, being her. Controlled by his mother. Because that, that was his whole thing yeah. when he was a serial killer. That's is true. that he was being possessed by his mother. He right. was controlled by her. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> no, not at all. So, and then the, my other thought was, so the the further is where you pass through to go to heaven or hell, right? Apparently. Right. So it's like a purgatory. Yeah. It's it's like a purgatory. Yeah. So then when she kills the mother, is is that sending her to hell? I'm assuming so. Because so the mother is right? like just not there anymore she's not in purgatory yeah so it depends on we on this physical earth don't really know what happens when we leave when we leave our physical being right and you touched on this because i was like oh there's time travel happening in here well that's what i was gonna point are you gonna point that to okay and when you were explaining explaining it to me on the phone i was like well duh i know all of this and the reason why i know this is because when I've communicated with people that have gone on, they mm-hmm. explained it to me mm-hmm. pretty much the way that you explained oh, it to me. Yes, go, so, go me. I don't know if, if I had told you that before or if you just got that all on your own. I think it was a combination. Okay. Because it just made sense to me because, but like with hauntings, like in general yeah. hauntings, right? You have there's, hauntings. There's no time or space. No. So once you leave the physical world, the reason why time and space exists for us is because we are in a physical being. We have to mm-hmm. have those constructs right. so that we can understand what's happening in our world around us. Like we have physical bodies, we have physical furniture, we have physical things. So time and space has to exist. Right in this realm in this, yes but once we are outside of a physical being mm-hmm. there's no such thing as time and space so my question yes can they go into the future yeah because there's no time and space future doesn't exist past doesn't exist they're everywhere Wouldn't that at like all the affect time. the future though like that's what i'm always so confused about but i guess I i'm 
I don't know because I have no <laughs> memory of being in that realm. So I can't really understand right. everything that happens in that right? realm. Okay. Well, yeah. anyway, that was, that was kind of a big thing. It was like, can you go forwards as well as backwards? Yeah, because there's no time or space. Yeah. It's just everything yeah. is everything at the same time. So cool. Yeah. That's so neat. So if you want to go it. play with dinosaurs, they're there. If you want to so like, cool. I want to go play with dinosaurs. Travel on spaceships. Wouldn't it be cool if like your spirit can go down into the ocean then and like swim with all those creepy like prehistoric? That's I don't know. My brain goes to the weird place. Well, okay. <laughs> In one of the visions that I've had while communicating with somebody that passed, it was at the ocean. She was right. at the ocean swimming with dolphins. Right. So she was playing with okay water animals, but then but like because she loved dolphins and that sure. was like. That was something to... Can you explore... I'm just saying, can you explore the depths of other places when you're in a spirit, you know, spiritual realm? Can you go to like places you can never go? I'm sure you can because you don't have any physical limitations. Right. So that's the thing that we can't understand or really wrap our brains around because we're in a physical... We can't go... Yeah. Well, we have limitations. We have limitations. We have limitations of time and space. Yeah. But once you're out of your physical body, you have, you don't have those limitations anymore. So that's going to be a whole other thing. Right. That we will all experience at some point. At some point. Yeah. Ah! I can't, I can't, I can't even fathom. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Back to the movie. Yes. (laughs) Now, um, one of my other cons. So I was watching this with my hubs. He pointed out that the back end of the movie and I was like, oh, you're right. It feels like it was directed and filmed by someone else because the camera was so shaky. Do you remember that? Oh, like yeah, they're like really... running in the basement or they're going down and it's like the camera's like shaking yeah, everywhere. So they're and... trying to make it like more realistic, yeah. I guess. But it was like maybe just like Blair Witch. I was like, yeah, exactly. I don't like this. <laughs> exactly like Blair Witch. Right? Yeah. So I was like the continuity of how it's filmed is maybe they're just trying to make it so intense at that end, like to shake the camera. But I didn't. Yeah. I don't think it was necessary. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't really notice it. Oh. But to be fair, I was also crocheting at oh. the time. So <laughs> that's okay. I forgive you on that one. Okay. Now, how is Renee, a small, frail woman, able to be thrown all over the place? Right. And she still managed to get up so easily at the end because when she's fighting Josh. But when the mother comes, that spirit mother, and she like hits her or whatever, and she just gets knocked out. She's knocked out. Like movie. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's what furthers the story. I know, to but tell that really story. drove me crazy. Well, I think maybe um, she was in so much shock from her baby. baby. Right. But she's in shock of the woman. seeing Josh, like knowing that he's not Josh anymore. Right. But that was not paranormal. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. At yeah. that time. Yeah, Do you know right. what I mean? Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he he's a physical being and posing a very right. real physical Yo, threat right, to right, her right. and her kid. So it's that's what really I'm thinking. That mom some... strength just like popped in. Yeah, you know how like moms can yeah. pick up cars, yeah, 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 you yeah. know, to okay. save their kids. So I think that's what happened is just she got that huge adrenaline shot. Okay. Like I've got to protect my family. Right. And so that's how I'm explaining I it. Like but it. really it's movie. movie. Yeah. So this movie kind of does that in, in spots where it just feels like it just leaves holes, I guess, here and there. Yeah. And they got to the Parker thing real quick. And yeah. I don't know. I felt like it moved really fast. Right. 
Whereas the first movie has a, a much slower pacing. Because he's in the, well, he's at like. It's because it of, took a long time yeah. to understand that, oh, this is an astral projection yes. movie. It isn't just a haunting, haunting movie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And this that's one, you, you already, already know. know there. So yeah. it had to be like faster to get the yeah. story going. I can get that. I can so, get that. Yeah. And that's it. I, my last one was the travel, the, the time travel, but we, we discussed that. So. But overall, right, it was pretty spooky. It was spooky. I thought it was fun. I thought it was great to catch up with the characters again and see where their story continues. And I think it paced itself well. Yeah. And so I know that there's a third movie. <laughs> yeah, Angela texted me. She's like, what does she see at the end? And I said, oh, I got to watch the rest of You're it. You're like, I don't know. I, I don't remember. The rest of it. And then I watched. I was like, oh, yeah, it's because there's a third Insidious. So do we have a whole new cast then for the third? Kind of. Because, yeah. you know, Josh yeah. and Dalton are all are, resolved. They're resolved. Yes. Yeah. It circles around a little girl. Okay. A different character. But okay. it goes back in time too, kind of. Right. And then, but then we're keeping kind of Elise. Yeah. And the, that's what I'm so saying. We're centering around Elise. Yeah. And, because and you, the two guys. Yeah. Because you go back and you go back into time. Actually, we go back before the the family mm-hmm. and you see like it's Elise's like kind of like first or like big case. Okay. So we're so. following Elise. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's cool. It's, that's awesome. It's a good one, but I don't. It's not as memorable, I think, as the first and second installment. Okay. So, All right. But anyway, what, how many how many stitches do you give it? Um, this was good. I don't remember what I rated the first one, but I'd probably put it around like seven ish. Yeah. yeah it I, was good. Yeah, it was I, fun. I'd watch it and I did and I enjoyed it and it was good. But it wasn't like it wasn't scary. I don't know if I'm getting immune Uh-oh. to these things or no. if I kind of knew what's gonna where this the pacing was going with it. I mean the story was cool because yeah. I did you know, it is a different story because it is a serial killer right. and it's not and we find out who that person is that was haunting Josh, why they were haunting Josh. And it resolves that story. Mm-hmm. So that was cool to see their story resolved mm-hmm. and to just see what happens with the people. And, you know, there's still crazy hauntings that yes. were going on. And that was and still cool. Chairs and but I think maybe because I knew more of what to expect from this mm. type of movie, you I was ready. prepared and You're it ready. wasn't like tiptoe. <laughs> <laughs> Which anymore. that was pretty good. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I was more ready for this. I okay. Think. Okay. I give it a seven too. Yay, yeah. We're good. on the same way. Like, yeah. Look at us go. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. I agree with all of you. But I mean, I still try to watch movies with open eyes because I've seen all these, right? Yeah. But I still try to with fresh eyes. So it still was really freaky. Like I was touching up on those, those certain moments. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, there's holes. So seven. Okay, seven. Yeah. That was a good movie. Good movie. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that was another super fun episode, Yay! Nicole. I love it. I love it, too. All right. Well, Stitchers, thank you for joining us for another amazing episode. Episode 19. 19. Yeah. And please reach out to us at theominousstitch at gmail.com. Yes. Comment on any of our social medias. Please. Catch up with us. We want to know what's going on with our community. We yep. want to know what's going on with you. And if you want to support us and help keep us going, because we have a lot more yarn to buy. Oh. We have a lot more things to more keep going. storage on our computers. <laughs> yeah, I'm out of storage <laughs> on my computer, guys. It's crazy. Yeah. So anyway, please support us on Patreon. Yeah. So you can find us find it on, on our Podbean. So if you visit Podbean and look up The Ominous Stitch, it'll the take patron. you right to the Patreon page. Yeah, yeah. And you can just give us any kind of donation. Please. We will shout you out. Oh my gosh, you'll we get will things. make you something. You'll get things from us, yay. Yeah. All right. And I guess that's it. Yeah. So with that being said. See you, Stitchers. See you, Stitchers. Stitchers.